0: What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Is your favorite credit hero, Ronnie Francois in the Credit Lab? Again, there's a million of credit heroes out there. You probably have a million credit heroes in your life, but we all know who your favorite credit hero is. Again, this topic for this amazing episode is the FCRA, a breakdown of the Fed Credit Reporting Act. That's right. We're going to dive deep into the Federal Fed Credit Reporting Act. Without further ado, let's go and get this show started. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? It's your favorite credit hero, Ronnie Francois. We're up in the Credit Lab. And again, if you're watching this live, watching the replay, <laughs> listening to it, hit the like, share, and subscribe button. Again, you might have a 750, 800, 850 credit score. But you know, you might have a spouse, niece, nephew, next door, neighbor, the mailman. You know, you get the point. The point is you know somebody who has lost their perfect credit after have to watch this show. So hit the like, share, subscribe. But show me some love. Show me some support. How about that? Just do it. Because you love me. How about that, right? Cool. I appreciate that. Now that we got that out of the way. So today's topic is a breakdown of FCRA. So many of you probably have heard of the FCRA before, and maybe you haven't. It's okay if you haven't, because I'll be honest with you, it wasn't until like a few years ago that I really started digging deep into the FCRA. I kind of had an idea what it was, but I never looked into it. So basically, FCRA stands for the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Fair Credit Reporting Act. So the Fair Care Reporting Act is one of the um, is one of the tools or mechanisms that Congress has put in place to protect our rights as a consumer. Now, I mean, there's probably other ones out there, the FCRA, the Truth and Lending Act, uh, the graham leach Bailey Act. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. Um, so, and the, and the cool thing is all this information is already out there already. That's the cool thing. But, again, just being able to tap in, understand it, you know, and that's that's the issue because because uh, our phone is like it's like a co- it's, it's a computer pretty much. You know, we can look up um, the coolest movie, coolest nightclub, best restaurant. Uh, when did the new Jordan come out? When do the uh, PS uh, PlayStation Six coming out? We we can look all that stuff up. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you also have to understand you have a computer in your hand, so you can also use it to utilize this information. And the cool thing is, Congress, you know, the government they already put these rules in place to protect us. So they're not going to take the time to educate us on these rules. And then definitely the business owner is not going to do it. The bank's not going to do it. Uh, the consumer reporting agency is not going to do it. And definitely debt the collectors, they definitely not going to educate you on the rules that you should already know already. So that's why it's important to tap in shows like this and many other shows out there that's, that, that's, that's going to tell you a little bit about the consumer law. So we're going to dive right into it. So what is the Fair Credit Reporting Act, basically, in layman's term? Basically, the Fair Credit Reporting Act basically is there to protect your right, pretty much. The Fair Credit Reporting Act uh, promotes the accuracy, fairness, privacy of the information and files of consum- the, of of the consumer. Uh, okay, so uh, let me let me start over. The Fair Credit Reporting Act promotes the accuracy, fairness, and privacy of information in the files of the consumer reporting agencies. Um, so basically, that's what it does. It protects your right, it gives you privacy, and it's fairness when it comes to your um, information that's on your credit file. Because um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure if you were aware of that. Because it's been a long time. Like while I was speaking to like a, um, a bank or institution or whatever the case might be, the creditor they might say, "Hey, look, um, yeah, we're reporting your credit, we're reporting your credit information to the consumer agencies because we have to report that." Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but A lot of people have said that before, and because I didn't have that knowledge, I used to actually believe. I'm like, okay, well, I guess you got to report this late payment. uh, That's fine. I guess you got to report my credit usage. That's fine because I didn't know no better. Uh, But once I started studying the Fair Credit Reporting Act, I realized that that wasn't the case. So if you you can Google or YouTube um, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, you can get the PDF. And and the cool thing I like about in the very beginning, it says that. The, consu- the consumer reporting agencies assume assume the responsibility or assume the role of collecting our information. They assume that. So that means nobody gave them the right. The government didn't give it to them. You didn't give it to them. They just assumed it. And then we just willy-nilly threw our hands up and said, okay, well, you assume that the position, so you can just go ahead and collect our information. And again, that's why the Fair Credit Reporting Act was put in place, because the, the government, Congress, they realized that these consumer reporting agencies were just doing whatever they wanted to do, and they wanted to give us some type of um, knowledge, tools that we can use to combat that. Because again, so the next time talk to a creditor or that debt collector, whoever it might be, and they say, oh, we have to report it, man, you can start, go ahead and get out of here with that nonsense. And you can actually pull up the Fair Care Reporting Act at the very beginning. It says that consumer reporting agencies assume the responsibility. So anything that they give the consumer agencies, they do it voluntarily. They don't because they want to do it. So again, that's why knowledge is important. But again, applied knowledge is even better. so that's why it's important to understand that. And the Fair Craig Report Act was actually introduced in the House in the House of uh in the House as House Resolution 15073 and actually was passed in May 25, 1970. So the Fair Craig Reporting Act has been around since 1970. And that's probably older than that's older than you. That's older than I know. It's definitely older than me. It's probably older than a lot of people that's on here. Um, so it's been around for a long time. But yet, many of us don't know about it. We haven't heard about it um, because one of the things that we we we've made one of the mistakes that we have made in the past. we are waiting for the school system to teach us on credit, financial literacy, and all this other good stuff, consumer law, and they're not doing that. So just imagine this thing been around since May twenty-five. 1970. And many of us haven't heard of it until like recently, a couple of years ago, or maybe you just heard of it today, but it's been around and this information is life changing. Once you learn it, it's very, very important. So some of the common violations, the fact Fair, very important includes, uh, because of course, there's a lot of violations that they do on a daily basis, but this is just a couple of them. Uh, creditors given Reporting agencies inaccurate financial information about you. Reporting agencies mixing up one's personal information with another because of similar names, similar address, similar social security numbers. Agencies fail to follow guidelines for handling dispute. And so those are, just, those are just a couple of them, and that's why when you do start work on your consumer credit report or your credit report, one of the first things that you should do is update your personal information, uh, your name, your address. Uh, information like that because it is very very easy for the um, for the credit report agencies to get those stuff mixed up. So That's why it's very very important to do that. Um, just in case you're not aware of that, so when you're on credit report, you should only have one name, one address, and if you want, you have one phone number. Because the one thing that it does, it kind of um it, it kind of separates you from other people that might have similar name, similar address, similar phone number. So that's why again, if you do plan on Fixing your credit, work on your credit, dispute negative items. Right? The very first thing you do is update the personal information. Where you simply reach out to consumer report agencies, either through fax, calling them, or sending a letter, updating personal information. So that's very very important. Another thing that they violate is your is, is your privacy. Um, that's very very important. Uh, your credit report can be can be disclosed only only to people that you are actually given permission to. to um, to look at it. So again, uh, 15 USC 1681b permissible purpose. Again, I'm saying that a little bit slow. 15 USC 1681b permissible purpose. You can actually Google it YouTube. that I mean, it basically says that no one should have access to your file unless they have your written consent. So again, uh, you went to the car dealership and they ran. They told you it was going to run it one time. You got that car. Interest rate is like 29 percent. Payments, 800 dollars a month. And then you got like 20 hard, look at like 10 hard inquiries, but only one bank approved you. So now the other nine banks, you can actually write them a letter saying, hey, look, I know it's on the, the November 1st, 2020, whatever the case might be. Um, there's a there's an inquiry on my transunion experience, equal fast credit report, um, under 15 USC 1681 B permissible purpose please provide me the written documentation where I gave you permission to pull my credit. And then, of course, in the letter, you want going to say, look, uh, per 15 U.S.C. 1681, you have to have my written consent in order to pull my credit. Um, now, so the only thing about that is when you do send a dispute letter, whether it's to the creditor, to, um, to consumer reporting agencies, um, the first letter, you might not get the result that you want. Uh, so don't be discouraged because that's what they want you They want you to like, okay, I'm just giving up. They didn't give me the respond I want. So you have to follow back up with that because you have the law on your side. So they're expecting you to give up. They're expecting you not to send a second letter because and then another thing you have to understand, see, when you do send those letters, um, believe it or not, sometimes they, it's, it's a live person that's actually reading. They might not even know the law, they might not even know the law of their own stuff. So don't be discouraged when you do send that letter out. That's very, very important. Um, so another, that's very, very important. What are the three most common credit report errors? Um, again, cause you know, credit reports, sometimes they can have errors too. So I'm going to just look at three of them. Um, there are three of the most common errors related to personal information on credit reports are wrong address, misspelled name, or basically just wrong names. Again, that's why it's important to update your personal information because three of the most common errors are wrong addresses, misspelled name or wrong names. That's why it's important to have that. That's why it's important to periodically pull your credit report and look at it. Uh, again, if you go to freeannualcreditreport.com, you get one free copy of credit report from all three consumer reporting agencies a year. So again, those are the three most common errors. Wrong address, just missed those names, wrong names. Again, so that's very, very important. So you're about to go and take a commercial break, and then we're going to be right back. Again, follow us on You Say What Network. right? be right back at you. Hey guys, it's your boy, Alan M. Newman Jr. Um, I am one of the hosts for He Said What, which airs every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You do not want to miss it. We are on YouTube. and Make sure you go like and subscribe, let your friends know about it so you get the alert for every time the show is getting ready to come on. The premise of the show is to have Black men and women um, come on where we discuss latest topics um, that are important to the community, trading topics. You never know. It could be about dating, relationships, sex, careers, children, you never know what you're going to get, but it's every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Once again, make sure that you go on YouTube, so you like and subscribe so you can be a part of it. You never know what you're going to get. Looking forward to having you join us and looking forward to having you tune in with us. Have an amazing day. Hey, what's up? What's up? Welcome back. Your favorite credit hero, Ronnie, friends, on the credit lab. If you're watching the replay, join us, watching us live, listen to us live. listening to replay just want to thank you thank you make sure you like share subscribe hit the like button again you might have perfect credit you might have a niece nephew cousin next door you know you might have somebody that needs this so hit the like share but you know don't be lazy i definitely appreciate the love so again so we're going to continue so we continue what are the most what are the three most common credit errors again just misspelled name wrong name wrong address those are the three most common ones. So when you get a chance, you know pull your credit report, look at it, see you know how many names you got, how many phone numbers, how many address. Again, you should only have one of each. So that's very very important. Again, the next thing is important. Uh, what should not be on your credit report? Because of course, there's some things that should not be on there, Believe it or not. Um, so one of so one of the thing is your credit report should not include your marital status, medical information, buying habits. Or transactional data, income, bank account balance, you know, criminal record, or level of education. So of that list, all of them, is important. So one of the ones that kind of sticks out to me is transactional data. So that means you know, transactional data has to do with your transaction, which, which an account has to do with late payments. So right there, it tells you that your transaction should not be in credit report. So transaction correlates to your um your payment history. So this is one of the reasons why your payment history, when you have a late payment, so late payment should not even be on your credit report. So right there, that, I'm just giving you some sauce right there. Late payment should not be on your credit report because it says it right here, on you know, the Fair Credit Report Act. And, and of course, there's some laws that actually go in details to tell you what, what they are, but um, so yeah, just a freebie. Late. So if you have late payment on your credit report, uh, they should not be on there. So um are just some free sauce. And now, so there are some penalties when someone violates your right in the FCRA. So there are some maximum penalties um, when someone violates your rights. So you can actually sue them for $1,000 per violation if they do make a mistake or if they do make an error because, again, they should have to pay for it because they're actually violating your right. So will for FCRA violation, legally speaking, is um, basically, if they violate it, you can actually get paid for. So I think a while back ago I actually did it on a topic, I think I said you can actually get paid for having bad credit. So that's actually where it comes from. Fifteen USC 1681 N or 15 USC 16 1681 O. Um, those are the ones that actually talk about the will for non noncompliance and the thousand dollar per violation. So that's very, very important to know what you can actually once you know you're right, you can actually get paid for having bad credit. So right now, we're about to jump um, into the Q&A. A favorite part of the day. Again, if you do have any questions that you want to submit, you can actually drop them in a comment. Uh, you can send them in for RonnieFrancois.com. You can know, DM, my, uh, you can inbox me on Instagram, Mr. Ronnie underscore credit hero. Um, so anyway, you can always just leave your, your questions. I'll definitely um put them on here. So our debt forgiven after seven years. So in most states, uh, the debt itself does not expire or disappear until you pay it. it under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, uh, debts can appear on your credit report but generally for seven years and a few cases longer than that. Um, so it is positive for seven years, but the cool thing is you can actually use the law to get those off your credit report. So if you have a charge off, you can get that off. Um so there are certain items, but for most states, um, there's a seven year statute of limitation depending on um depend on on the state and depending on what it is. So so the so the question is yes, so the question is it can go off it can disappear after seven years, but it just depend on what it is, the state. Um so the next question is will disputing hurt my score? So of course, no, When I not hurt your score. Um the act of disputing item on your credit report does not hurt your score. However, the outcome of dispute can cause your score to adjust. So let me say that one more time. So disputing itself is not gonna hurt your score, but depending on the outcome, it can actually, it can it can cause your score to go up and down. So let's just say you dispute a negative, you dispute a negative item and then it comes back verified. So actually by coming back, that is possible it could adjust your score. Uh, but again, you know, it's not something that you control something that I can control. It's just the algorithm whoever pulled your credit score they, they're using that's going to determine that so so no just on um, disputing yourself it's not going to hurt your score uh, next question is how do I get to keep get, how do I get to keep a good credit score um, so there's like a lot of things you can actually do to keep your credit score um so but I'm just giving you five of them so the first one is just um, just paying your bills on time every time you know 35 percent credit score is your payment history. I'm trying to tell you, like I guarantee, you, if you pay your bills on time, your score will go up. Now it might not go up like a hundred point, a thousand point at a time, but every month, if you pay your bills on time and you pay more than the minimum payment every month, your score will go up. Now, if you have like ten thousand negative items on your credit report, it might be little to none. But if you pay your bills on time, your score will go up. I mean, that just yeah, that's why it's 35% credit score. Uh the next one is, um, um, so the next question is, what a credit uh why credit score can drop after paying off a loan? Um, <laughs> that's a very good question. But you are probably thinking, right, like, you know, if I have a bill or this car payment, house, whatever the case might be, once I pay it off, most people think your score will actually increase. Uh, you know, because you're being a responsible that you're paying your bills. But in actuality, um, Actually, when you pay something off, most likely like your car payment, your score will take a hit. It's almost like you're being punished for being um responsible adult. Um, That's just how it works. So why that happened is, right, um, so let's just say your car payment is like, you know, you got good credit, your car payment is like $250 a month, right? You pay that $250 a month after 30, 45 days, it's going, to hit, it's going to show your credit score. The score is going to go up. You pay your time on your own time. But then once you stop paying that or you pay that off, Now it's not reporting every month or every 30 days or 35 days. So now your score is going to take a hit. Um, Again, it's almost like you're being punished, for being a responsible adult. But yeah, so that's why your score do drop after you pay off um, certain items. Um, That's just one thing that we can't control. Yep. Can delete an item on a credit report come back? Um, So uh, unfortunately, the, the answer is yes. After something has been deleted, it can't come back. Um, you know, there could be like a million different reasons why I come back. But here's the kicker though, before it gets reinserted back on your credit report, um, the, consumer the consumer important agency, they're supposed to send you a notice to let you know that it's gonna be inserted back on your credit report. So that's how you can get them now. If something get reinserted and the uh, experience Transition Equifax don't give you that notice, then that is a violation of your right. So again, that's why it's important to know your right. Uh, so unfortunately, yeah, sometimes stuff do come back when they get deleted. Um, it's just how it works. Something that's out of your control. But believe it, if it do come back, you don't get that notice. Um, you can you can get that back if they violate your right. So, so, how can I raise my credit score? Uh, again, there's like a million different ways that you can raise your credit score. So I'm gonna go, actually, I was gonna give you two. I'm gonna give you five of them. All right. Let me give you five. So the first one is dispute all negative items on your credit report. Again, as a, as, a, as the um, consumer, you have a right to control everything that goes on your credit report. So if something's on that's not supposed to be on it, you can actually dispute it. Again, there's a million different ways of disputing negative items on your credit report, but you do want to dispute all negative items. Um, it could just be something as simple as like reaching out to a consumer report agency. and say, hey, look, um, I, I want to validate this account. Well, this account not reporting accuracy. So you don't have to lie and make up no fake police report, no file, no fake that like You can simply reach out and say, look, uh, I want to, I wanna check the villa I wanna check, I wanna validate this account. Something really simple to the point like that. So again, you just want to delete all negative items or dispute all negative items. The next one is dispute all all hard inquiries on your credit report. If there's any hard inquiries that shouldn't be on it, because typically, like most banks. They don't like it when you have a lot of hard inquiries. Some banks don't want you to have more than two, more than, and you know some banks will take three. But the goal is, you want to stay between like two and four if possible. Like I said, even three might be too many. Um, the goal is have less than five. But I mean, I know it's kind of hard to build credit without getting hard inquiries. That's why you want to be. Um, you want to use your common sense when you're applying for credit cards. Because again, yeah, you're gonna get that. You're gonna get that credit card. You're gonna get that credit limit increase. But that's also gonna come with a hard inquiry. So you just want to be careful with that because it does stay on your credit report for two years. But if you do have a hard inquiry and credit report that you did not recognize, or maybe you just have selective memory, you don't remember it. Hey, you know, just send them that letter 15 USC 1681B for permissible purpose. Ask them for any documentation uh, showing it's yours. Uh, so the next thing you can do is pay down, uh, pay down your revolving balances. So any type of credit card that you have, you want to keep your balance under 30%. That's right. The, ba- the magic number is 30%. Um, but if you really want to see an increase, I mean that's what I'm, I'm trying to say. I guarantee you, you keep paying all your bills on time and you keep your balance like 10% or 5%, your score is going to is going to go up. It has to go up. But again, it just depends on if you have a lot of negative items on your credit report. Right, the next thing is just paying your bill on time. I know I keep saying pay your bills on time because 35% of your credit score. And the fifth thing that you can actually do is have a family member add you on their card as an authorized user. Now I know you probably like, well, I don't have nobody in my household that has good credit that acting on. But let me tell you a secret. God, they don't have to live in your house. Um so they just have to say their family to put you on. They don't have to give you a card, neither. So that's very, very important. Um, so the next question is, is there more than three reporting agencies or reporting companies? Yes, they are. Um, most people know about Experian, TransUnion, Equifax. But did you know under those three, there's between 350 to 400 other little guys that report to them? Um, and that's a whole lot. And that's why one of the things that you do want to do is when you do decide you want to fix your credit work on it repair rebuild or whatever case might be uh, after you send a personal information letter updating personal information the second thing is you want to put a freeze on some of those secondary reporting agencies i mean of course um, nobody's really going to sit there and look for all 350 and send you know put a freeze on i mean you can if you have that type of time i don't have that type of time but so what we typically do is we pick like you know top five or six of them that we know that's really, really popular. For example, like LexisNexis, uh, they kind of report like your um public record, like your bankruptcies. Uh you got SaveStream, LCI. Um so there's a whole bunch of them out there. Uh, again, we typically pick like you know five or six top ones. They put a freeze on those. Um so and, and most people don't know about that though. So they just it just seem well I'm just sending my dispute letter to the consumer report agencies, but a lot of time when you send, so when you send something to the consumer report agencies, there's a couple routes they can take. One of the route they'll reach out to the creditor, and then of course the nine out of ten times the creditor gonna say, "Oh, this this account is valid," and it's gonna come back and verify. Another way they do is they reach out to the little guys, the secondary report agencies, and then they verify the information because what the with those little guys do, they actually like just take your information and they just store it, they just save it for a rainy day. Like for example, there's some for a car insurance, there's some for medical record, there's some for the rent. I mean, there's like a ton of them out there. They just take your information. I mean, I don't know how they get it. They just take it. They just like put in like a little bottle, put your name on it. And then when the big guys reach out to them, they say, oh yeah, I got a file for liquor and they just send it to them. So if you put a freeze on those secondary ones, that don't mean it's going to be impossible for your stuff to get verified, but it's going to slow the process down or well, sometimes might make it impossible for them to verify the information. So uh, you know, back to the question. So there are definitely more than three out there. Again, there's hundreds of them out there. And actually I have a, a packet, I believe, that actually has maybe like, you know, a couple hundred of them that I can actually send out to you if you do want that list. Uh, so again, when it comes to the fair Credit Reporting Act, it's been around since nineteen seventy, which is a lot older than me, probably a lot older than you. But yet a lot of us not aware of it, either. We didn't hear about it. Or we never heard about it. I, I mean, but, but it's out there, though. So that's why it's important to get this knowledge, get this information, and that's why it's important to tap in to the Credit Lab podcast because it's going to give you that information, going to give you that knowledge. But again, me just giving you the information is cool, but you actually take that information, studying and researching, and regurgitating it. That's what it's really about. And again, always like, share, comment. We definitely appreciate the love and support. Again, like I said, you might have awesome credit. Everybody else might have. But like just say your neighbors might not have it. The kids might not have it. Um, You know, just share this information. You know, follow Ronnie Francois. The credit Lab, Lab Podcast. Or follow uh, Mr. Ronnie underscore Credit Hero. Or else if you just can't find me nowhere else, and also follow our awesome network. He said what network? And there's also awesome. There's, uh, so with this, he say what network? Besides the credit podcast, there's awesome, awesome, awesome. Super amazing shows on there too um throughout the week, you definitely give them some love and support. Um so um they're also doing some amazing job. Um, like I said every day of the week there was like awesome shows on there. So don't just tune in on Tuesday, man. Go and tune in like Monday through Friday. Just show some love to everybody. You know again definitely appreciate you, you know, continue continue for your support. Um and also too I want to give a shout out to everybody that um that gave me um a birthday wish you know on social media. And it's crazy though because my birthday was on Saturday. And I'm still getting birthday love, and like today, Tuesday, Tuesday, I'm still getting birthday love. So, like, I feel like people actually love me this year. You know what I mean? So, but um, that's super dope. I definitely appreciate it. Um, again, your favorite, your favorite credit hero, Ronnie Franz, with the Credit Lab podcast. Signing out. To the next time.